this is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? It's Rashan here. Welcome to episode 20 of Inspiring Design. Today is a very technical episode, actually, and it's all about BIM, Building Information Modeling. And here with me, I've got one of the leading BIM experts, Sherman Powell. Sherman is the National BIM Manager at Urbis and has over 20 years of industry experience. He's been with Urbis since 2016, primarily to work on one of the largest projects in Brisbane, the Casino Wharf development. He's an Autodesk certified professional and has been using these tools extensively since the year 2000. He's also got experience in tools with Navisworks, open source IFC technology, Infraworks and other BIM applications. Not to mention, he's also one of the founding members of BrizBIM, one of the largest BIM knowledge sharing platforms here in Australia. It's an impressive resume. Sherman, welcome and thanks for giving up your time, mate. Thank you, Russia. Can we start off with a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I've been in the, in the uh, BIM industry um, or in the AEC industry for the last past 20 years. Um, as you said, I got, came across Revit back in 2000. Um, since then, I, um, I've, I've sort of grown the knowledge in Revit. I kind of took the liking to Revit because I found that it was the next thing for the AEC industry. Sort of had a vision, if you like. Um, so um, coming from a 2D world where I used to, where I come from, uh, we're using AutoCAD. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw Revit, I said, okay, this is going to be the next scheme because I was getting bored with 2D. So yep. I thought <laughs> I want to do something more interesting. So then I, when I saw 3D, Revit doing 3D and, and what it's capable of, I mm-hmm. thought, oh, okay, this is going to be the next big thing. So let's take this new path and move on with it. I... Um, I worked in a few consultancy firms around Brisbane. Um, basically, my job was to support and train staff with various companies. Um, some of the major ones back in the day was AEC Systems, mm-hmm. called name AEC Systems, Carol CAD, which is now called A2K Technology. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew my experience working with those companies. Uh, as you as you would, you would learn the software, know, know more about the software because you're dealing with people's issues. I guess that's the most one of the valuable things with learning a piece of software is you, you're dealing with people's issues with the software. You're trying to work out workarounds and how to use the software and stuff. Um, so helping companies, helping uh, um, individuals, if you like, uh, um, of you know. Um, directors of companies trying to educate themselves into getting into Revit BIM software. Um, so that was that was me, that's my experience in the BIM in the BIM world. I've, I was also a founding member of BrizBIM. So when I was working with these companies, I actually started my own uh, version of BrizBIM, if you like. So before BrizBIM came along, mm-hmm. uh, it was just called Revit User Group BrizBIM. Yep. Uh, and this was with, when I was working with ACS Systems. I found that there wasn't. Uh, it's it's kind of an initiative that I took uh, took up because I found that there wasn't enough knowledge sharing in the industry back then. Yeah. 
Um, so I teamed up with a few of my rivet mates and said, hey, look, I'm going to start this thing. Are you guys interested? Let's all come together. Let's start sharing the knowledge, what you're doing in your work, how you're doing it using BIM, how you're using it, and kind of everyone just leverages from that and seeing how they can all benefit from that. So it's a bit of a knowledge sharing platform. Of course. And how BrisBeam came along was uh, I'm, I bumped into a, a, my mate called Mark Cronin and uh, at one of our functions, Robert functions, and he came up to me and said, hey, why don't we start... I know you had this Brisbane, this stuff, the user group thing going because back after a while, I just things everything just died out, and he said oh, he wanted to revive it again. So I <laughs> said, okay, well, what shall we do? He said, okay, well, let's start something. So the conversation started, and then that's how Brisbane started. That's awesome. Yeah, and I actually went to your last event, and the room was packed at QT, and how many people were there? Yeah, we, 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 we started with a small group, and uh, there's a small group of us, and the audience, we, we kind of knew it was going to be big, uh, but we started, our first, uh, the number of people that attended was around close to 80, uh, and then it sort of grew from there. Awesome. So I, I guess it's about the interest of the topics, or the topics that would interest people and what they want to listen to. Yeah. And and a lot of them would use it for educational purposes as well, because a lot of them are getting into BIM, sure. learning, learning what it is, and seeing how the industry is using it. So again, it's about getting all the industry professionals coming together in one place and sharing the knowledge and, and you know and, and demonstrating how they're using the software. Yeah. Um, we were really lucky that QUT was in big support of that, so they they supported with us with the venue. Yeah. Uh, which helped kind of help in, a, in two ways we benefited the students and the students who'd come in for free they can just it's a free event so awesome anyone could just come in and, and have a listen and uh, yeah and, and see what they can get, gain from it perfect well um, I was actually part of some BIM research back in 2010 at QUT so this is kind of a cool topic for myself as well but uh, one of the questions that I get asked a lot from students even at a tertiary level to high school teachers is what is BIM? How do you define it? Like, obviously, it stands for building information modeling, but in your expertise and definition, what is BIM? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> uh, there's lots of different explanations online at the moment. Um, my favorite way of describing BIM is a sandwich. So if you look at a sandwich, um, what's in a sandwich? So you've got your bread, you've got your lettuce, you've got yep. your tomato, all the ingredients that make up a sandwich. So BIM is about capturing data of those individual ingredients in a sandwich. So if you're looking at, say, the expiry date, when was the lettuce, or what, where was the lettuce bought from, what, what was the supplier, who was the farmer, you know, all that stuff, the expiry date of each ingredient, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, the meat, you know, where it came from. So pretty much that's what BIM is. You're capturing all that data that makes up that sandwich. And then what you do with it is the big question. That's actually a very unique way of uh, describing I've actually never heard that. That was my own way of describing it, and I think it kind of makes sense. It does, it yeah. does, actually. And um, so how does that relate to 12th dimension modeling? Because it's something that I've heard that you can model BIM up to 12D. And obviously, after 3, most people get confused. Um, do you have a, is there, can that analogy get built on for that? Uh, okay, so I guess if I understand your question correctly, what you're getting to is LOD. Mm -hmm. there is, that is, again, in the BIM world, there's, there's a lot of acronyms that have been thrown around the place, and, and, and I think everyone that's getting into BIM are, are sort of getting confused because they don't know which acronym they should be following. Yeah. 
Um, so LOD is level of development. I see. Um, so it kind of ties in with uh, 5D and 6D and 7D and all the other stuff that you that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so LOD is a big thing. So it's it's about level of development. So um, there is a document that um, that was initially put put forward by the UK government mm-hmm. to because they mandated BIM. Um, so I mean, because they've taken the lead in it, Australia's kind of looking up to them, saying, "Okay, what are you guys doing? We want like to follow with you and see what you're doing and seeing how we can adopt it in Australia." Yeah. So, um, so the, the different levels are basically 100, 200, 300, 400, and it goes up. Yeah. 500. So, wow. Yeah. So, um, so one 100 is basically just your general 2D documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what everyone I think most companies are kind of still doing now some of them are still doing some of them are moving into the BIM world which is the 200 uh, 250 300 or actually 200 250 mm-hmm. now um, when you mean those numbers what do you what does yeah. it mean by those numbers the 250 400 500 so so 100 is basically just uh, if you like just you know if, if you're thinking about in the design world uh, in design sense um, so hand sketching, mm-hmm. um, you know, using AutoCAD, um, yeah. So just just bare two D documentation yep. tools, if you like. Yeah. Um, so two hundred is when you start to involve three D applications. Yeah. So your Revit, your SketchUp, ArchiCAD, yeah, Bentley software, whatever software you use for BIM. Yeah. Um, and then you start getting into you know intelligent BIM, if you like, when mm-hmm. you start moving into three hundred. Wow. There you go. That's great. And I'm glad that you mentioned the some of the software application because that's actually the next thing that I wanted to touch base on. Mm-hmm. Now, like personally speaking, given my background, I know that Revit, Archicad, uh, Navisworks, Bentley, they're the main popular names that gets floated, floated around. Now, what are the primary BIM software applications? And, and one of the things that just surprised me was that you mentioned SketchUp. I actually never thought that SketchUp would be involved with BIM. Um, can you touch base on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, so SketchUp's been around for a while, mm-hmm. um, and I think, uh, well, for my for my knowledge, and this is just what I know currently, is they just starting to take hold of, the, like, starting to understand what BIM is and what how they can sort of um, develop the software that can can do BIM. Sure. Uh, but the main leaders in BIM software is Revit, mm-hmm. um, Archicad, and uh, I think Bentley as well. There's also Frank Gehry software oh, yeah. that uses BIM. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think SketchUp is just playing catch up at the moment. I see, because uh, it's a very a conceptual. More portion of it, I'd say. But yeah. yeah. Awesome. And um, so you being an Autodesk Revit person, you're a little bit biased towards that. I get that. Um, a, couple, a lot of my colleagues are, and I think majority of the industry is also skewed that way. Do you think it's um, from a student's point of view, from a, from a school's point of view, how should they actually look at spending their time to teach their students? Is it is Revit more important, or Archicad, or a little bit of both? Um, I guess it just comes down to uh, what software is being used most in the industry. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be biased because I use Revit. I think the way I should, the way I would look at it, is more about industry focus. Yeah. Um, so, to my knowledge, uh, Revit is definitely the leading. Uh, uh, software in mm-hmm. most companies. Uh, there are a few that are down from that. The second from that is Archicad. Yeah. Um, 
although a lot of design firms, and then I think SketchUp is quite widely used no matter what, uh, whether you're coming out of uni or you're working for companies like Urbis yeah. or any other company. So um, as far as the documentation tool, I, th- I think it's Revit. Yeah, no, that's fair, I think. And I guess the students can gain, if they're planning to end- enter the industry, what skill sets are good for them. If they're aiming for that majority, then obviously they have more options. But on the other side of the coin, if they're then going for Archicad, I assume there'd be less people doing it, so then they can go for the more specialized opportunity, but then might not have as many options. So I guess it's a double-edged sword a little bit. Well, I think the other way we should look at it as well is what are the governments doing with this software? Are they, are they, are they adapting to this software and they're seeing the benefits of it? Yeah. And, and the reason why we say BIM is because BIM is building information modeling. That's mm-hmm. what it stands for. And if you ask about the question, my, my best description for BIM is a three-dimensional representative of a model that contains objects that carry information. Mm-hmm. And this information can then be harnessed and analyzed for design, right? Or analyzed in design. Yeah. So I guess that that's a really powerful statement in the sense that it benefits clients, it benefits the project, mm-hmm. and it benefits all stakeholders that work on BIM. Yeah. So, um, so back to your question, I mean, Revit is really... Well, no matter what software you use, whether you use Revit or Archicad or Bentley... It's all about, uh, you know, what software would you use that has that long-term benefit? Yeah. And, and um, when I say long-term benefit, I'm talking about, uh, you know, um, past the design stage, past the construction stage, where the client can use the model for analysis, building maintenance, facilities management, that yeah. sort of thing. So that it's a life cycle of the projects, if you like. It's sort of used for a life cycle of the project. Yeah, perfect. And I think that's valuable information because... Students and schools need to start to think about what's going to happen in the industry in the 5 to 10 to 20 years' time and then look at those things and align their skill sets yeah. with that so they can be future-ready. So that's that's brilliant. Now, can we understand what are the capabilities of BIM? Now, we know that um, you know it can, like you said, it's a whole life-cycle size, life process. So what does, what does that mean? What are the capabilities of BIM? Yeah, um, so the capabilities, what it allows you to do is, is uh, you know, you can, um, well, for, like I mentioned, you can do billing maintenance, facilities management, um, you can do asset management as well. So, you know, all the different fixtures and fittings in the building can be, can be managed. So where, you know, whether it's supplied, when it's serviced, all that kind of thing. Um, it can enable um, automation of building models. So you can actually basically build a model by just hitting a button. Mm-hmm. Um, which is currently what we do now. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, so, if you like, it automates a lot of stuff. Uh, it, it allows you to be able to automate a lot of stuff. Uh, do costing more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it enables smart cities and digital transformation of cities into mm-hmm. the future. So basically what that means is the model can be used to um, basically, as we move into smart cities, and that's what Urbis does, we try and promote smart cities Mm -hmm. and how we design stuff so um just tell me if i'm going off the question i'm not sure no that's okay keep going (laughs) um yeah so so it's basically just um using the the um the beam capability if you like to be able to take you to the next level um yeah to whether you're analyzing storing data you can monitor the data Mm -hmm. uh this can all be done in various forms you know whether it's web-based uh, different portals and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so 
can you design in BIM? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I kind of rephrase that question a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, BIM is not actually a designing tool. Okay. So BIM is actually information management. Yeah. Or information modeling. Yeah. Um, BIM software, it can be a designing tool. So whatever software you use for BIM mm-hmm. is a designing tool. So and I'm talking Revit, RTCAD, SketchUp, whatever tool you use. Yeah. But every every, every different software has their, their own strengths and, and what they use them for. Um, Revit's really focused around documentation. Mm-hmm. So it forces you to be accurate, forces you to, to do things the right way. Whereas I think SketchUp, in my view, is a bit loose. You can you can make mistakes quite easily. Of course. Um, Archicad's probably on the same level as Revit, and so forth. So. Yeah. No, that's fair. So, at one, what point do you think in that lifecycle process should BIM enter? I'm I'm going off the cuff here a little bit, but um, in trying to understand, these are the types of. Um, questions that students ask a lot when they especially are at a tertiary level um, so I'm trying to understand the questions that teachers would actually need to understand and be able to let their students sure. know so they can they can go move forward sure. is there even a point like that or I think I think in schools there's no reason to know BIM okay I think just learn the software just find out what software that's being used widely in the industry yeah and then just start learning it yeah start teaching it to your kids yeah um, get them into it. I, I recently helped uh, a, a kid at uh, one of my friend's son at uh, at his his school, Naji mm-hmm. Boys. Yeah. Uh, he was doing assignment and he had to use Revit. Perfect. So I, I guided him through the process and I was quite surprised, blown away by what he produced eventually. Yeah. So you know, kids are very good at catching on to new technologies and taking running with it. So uh, yeah, he he did a really good job. I was quite impressed. I'm glad to hear that because there are some schools that adopt this and not all. So in your expert opinion, do you think that it should be across all schools, some sort of a BIM tool? I, I uh, Look, the problem I find, and me being around, being in the industry for so long, is is the skill level of people or students that are coming out of universities and wanting to find a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just talking university level because that's the direct link to the industry. Yeah. Um, but if, yes, if you do teach it at schools, that's kind of the starting point where they can start learning the software. And as they grow and grow in their career or in their learning career, they can start, a, you know, keep developing their learning on with the software. And then when they come to finding a job, they can just almost walk straight in. They can say, "Look, I've got Revit experience. I've got this many years of experience. This is what I've done." Mm-hmm. That's the most valuable thing. Is if you can go to a company and show them the stuff that you've done, whether it's work-related or not. And I've been in interviews myself. I've interviewed people that come for jobs mm-hmm. and uh, wanting to work at companies. And my, my role is to interview people that find out what Revit skills they have. So what I look for is you have the experience, great. Uh, what have you done in Revit? Yeah. Show me what you've done. I mean, anyone can grab a file, a, a, a file and say, look, this is what I've done. But, you know, I don't like to scrutinize people too much, but, you know, you want to give them a chance to, to, to you know, employ them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's really about just be comfortable with the software that you know it. So when, you get in, when you're going to get a job and you think they throw a, a project at you to do, then you, you feel comfortable and not, you know, you're not being thrown in the deep end and you have to swim because yeah. Revit's actually a big beast yeah. uh, or BIM software is actually a beast in itself to learn. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think having that learnings from school all the way up, very beneficial. 
Oh, definitely. And um, this is this is going a little bit off t- um, topic here, but I'm going to admit it. Like I, I suck at Revit. Like even when I was in the industry, I was more skewed towards the design tools, not Revit, because I didn't actually push myself yeah. in uni. And um, there were a couple of my colleagues who I graduated with that sacrificed their time to actually learn Revit in their senior years, and they are doing quite well within the industry. If I was in the industry, I think I would be struggling a lot because of the lack of knowledge and and that practice. And at a high school level, we never even got told about Revit. So we entered university not even knowing the name. So that then when you're sitting across the table from guys who have been going through a couple of years, it puts you in a different playing field. So I think it's, um, that's, that's great advice. And how do how how should a university student trying to enter the industry showcase their Revit capabilities? Do you think is it is it better off um, putting it on like showing a model that they've done, or do you think it's printed documentation? In your expert opinion, how how do you think? We kind of look at both things. We okay. look at we we'll look at what model they've produced in Revit, yeah, or any other BIM software. Uh, we look at documentation, how they put it together. Um, so that's really important as well because they want to see you know, they've got good quality documentation. Yeah. Um, there is a there is an issue with you know understanding how things get built, but mm-hmm. that's fine. You know we can work with that. That's the whole point of working in in a, in a sure. company is they teach you all those things. Yeah. Um, but I think it's mainly it's about using the tool to to produce stuff. Um, and um, but most companies like us with Erdis, we we have uh, a, a training. Um, Scheme, so we, we actually help students that come in and train them up. Yeah, uh, work with them on a project, That's show cool. them the right ways to do stuff. Uh, I, I I come from a more software learning point uh, point of view, so I, I teach. I just had a training session just yesterday with a few of our guys. Um, yeah, just showing them how to use Revit to to suit our um, what what we do. Yeah. So Evers is landscape and urban design uh, company. Yeah. And also we've got other business units like planners and all that too. So yeah. So um, yeah. So it's basically just that, just teaching the guys how to use the software properly. Oh, that's good. And I think this is these are this is goal to students going through and looking at end, entering the industry now or even in the next couple of years. So I think um, thanks for sharing that info. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at how the next five to ten years are going to work with obviously VR and AR and a lot of things coming into play, yeah. What's your opinion on where BIM's going to fit within those technology changes? That's an interesting question because uh, we we just started at Urbis, we started dabbling with VR, mm-hmm. and I, I certainly see its value. Um, definitely, a, when you do a BIM model, uh, that can be taken straight into VR yeah. or AR, using AR. Mm-hmm. Um, all these different... I, it's the thing with these, these acronyms, I'm just trying to... I, it took me a while to make sense of it. So VR is virtual reality, as I understand. Yeah. AR is augmented reality. There's Correct. also MR. That's mixed reality. Mixed reality. Correct. Yeah. And um, I did speak to a VR expert about this yeah. a few episodes ago, and the clarity is honestly, AR is more or less mixed reality. Mm-hmm. There are some, it's more, um, depending on the industry, sometimes they have different terminology. Sure. So mixed reality is overlaying information on top of the existing reality, so it's not fully immersive. So it's right. more AR augmented than VR. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, so BIM, BIM can play a part with, uh, you know, building smart cities, uh, I, I see that with, and then if, once um, 
we got involved with a project with the council, Brisbane City Council, where um, they wanted to um, sort of augment all of their signs on the street. Oh, wow. So basically you go up to the sign and you want to, you can use it for wayfinding as well. So mm-hmm. you can scan a, a code on the sign or scan an image. It pops up a little graphic of something and then people can use that to, you know, whether it's information, uh, finding out information about a particular building, a site or... That's cool. You know, finding their way around the site. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so... And then there's also holographics as well. So my, my, oh, the, we're actually looking into a holographics table where with a company that uses... That already does this, uses technology. So, mm-hmm. you know, about you know, how you can interact and um, collaborate around a table kind of thing. Yeah. So you, you project a model onto a table... And then everyone can, whether you're wearing the VR glasses or whatever, and you can all interact with the model. Yeah. Um, so that's that's. I think that's that's kind of the future of things. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, a really good one that I really want to mention is, and something that I, I really found interesting was um, some company in Dubai. They use um, AR to be able to use it for fire evacuation. So right. what they did was they um, so they, they did a, like a, a little case study on okay what happens if there's a fire and you have firemen running through a building where there's lots of smoke mm-hmm. so what they do is they put on the goggles and then they can sort of see their way through the smoke wow rather than having to try and see through the smoke that's actually so really it takes cool. them straight to this, the person that's struggling in a room or somewhere yeah and they can rescue them and take them out of the building so wow. I thought that's a really good that's amazing. That's actually yeah. going to save so many lives. Like, and and I feel like BIM may fit into that because the three D model is already built. Yes. There you go. Wow. And and another thing, I think, uh, and this is something I read about on the news as well, is Dubai is looking to turn their whole city into a smart city. Wow. And this kind of all ties into it. And yeah. having augmented reality, VR, all that stuff, I think, is just going to all have a part to play in it. That's amazing. Uh, Urbis is recently uh, done a deep. Well, we're starting to adjust our, our, our tenders a lot now because of this new technology. We think mm-hmm. how we can sort of harness it and use it to sell it to our clients. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're trying to say, look, yes, we can do a BIM model, but we can do this all this other cool things. We can take it into the model and you can have a look around, see it before it gets built. Of course. Make informed decisions. Yeah. Uh, we can actually drop the building onto your site, orient it correctly on the site. Yeah. You can walk into the building, look out the building, and see how it actually looks from the from that view. Yeah. Or you know, step outside, look at the building, see yeah. how it looks with the surroundings. So that's kind of middle AR mix mixed reality, I think. Yeah. 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 No, that's brilliant, and mm. it's honestly something that I find really cool. And this is why making sure the education system is actually keeping up with these things. Yeah. Because even the industry's been. I think there's a lot more people transitioning into that technology and yeah. buying into it, investing and yeah. training their staff. But then if the schooling system and the university system doesn't keep up, there's going to be a very big lag. And as a nation, we're going to actually fall behind compared to the rest of the world. So that's yeah. I'm glad that you've uh, shared what's happening on the other side of the world because it gives a very cool um, insight. Now, we discussed, like, obviously, the BIM learning curve. It should be starting around that high school area just to play with the software and uh, so in your opinion do you know if there's a rule of thumb on how many years let's say a BIM manager should have experience in the software um are you saying so what what, can you rephrase the question yeah sorry Uh, so I mean more like how many years do you think 
a student, a graduate, or uh, someone entering the industry looking at becoming a BIM manager rather than, a, let's say, a conventional designer? How many years of experience should they have? Um, uh, well, uh, to be a BIM manager, well, you've got to have a lot of experience up your belt. Yep. Um, you've got to have worked on a lot of projects, BIM projects, mm-hmm. understand the pitfalls, understand how to overcome, you know, put together BIM execution plans, BIM mm-hmm. management plans. So there's a, there's a, it's a big role yep. uh, to play, and uh, you should be able to support your team. Um, so it, it is a big role. So what I'm saying is if you're coming out of, uh, out of school, out of uni, Maybe start off just becoming a Revit modeler. Mm-hmm. So there's different there's different levels, uh, if you like, skill levels in the Revit BIM world. So if you're coming at uni, you'd be like you, you are either you're a qualified architect or an engineer or whatever, um, or landscape architect. Basically, you can be a Revit modeler. Mm-hmm. So uh, as part of your uh, you know skill set, if you like. Yeah. So that will get you in the door, um, and then. If you want to be a BIM manager, then obviously you've got to have, you know, you've got to do a lot of projects, have yeah. that experience. Um, uh, and, and when I say experience, I'm talking about, you know, you, you worked on a project from the start to from the life, design, cycle. The life cycle design, construction, yeah. and then, uh, sorry, documentation and construction. And when it's in construction, you actually see how the construction things part comes together as well. Yeah. That's another another world as well. Yeah. Because um, you're involving a lot of different stakeholders, different all the consultants and all that coming together and collaborating. Of course. You know, working together. So it's it's a big, big, big task. Yeah. No, I think that's Being good. Manager. It's it's um I think that um, pathway of the standard architectural route or uh, another designer's route, and then now there's a role that actually didn't exist like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the BIM manager role. And even a couple of my colleagues who I studied architecture together has now become BIM managers because of their Revit skills and that experience in working in projects like you mentioned. It's completely different to going down a design route. So it's um, it's interesting that there's becoming more career options. And now the the BIM, BIM as a word has the word building in it. Does that mean it's restricted to only building, or is it what industries does it fit into? That's a good point. Uh, one of your question was uh, which industries does it fit in. Um, I actually got some notes here. It it, it is being used quite widely now with um, infrastructure projects. So when I'm talking, I'm talking road bridges. Yeah. So the governments are starting to use that now with some of their rail projects as well. Great. So the latest metro project, Queensland Rail project. Yeah. They they wanting to. They are starting to use BIM. Though BIM's already been implemented on the on on those pro, on those types of projects. Perfect. But building is is uh, is if you like there or you know is they starting to develop it further now with yeah getting doing it in BIM. Um, so like you say, you know the Queens Wharf project. That's one of the big ones we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the 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 Liu Metro project. What they're doing is they wanting to um, make make it full BIM. Mm-hmm. And then, so that, like I said, it can be used for future and the whole life cycle of the project. Yeah, so it's almost anything built environment BIM can fit into. So it's not just buildings. I'm glad. And just just add to that as well is is Queensland's now a mandated BIM on all its infrastructure projects. Perfect. So what's going to happen? What will happen now in in by 2023, or after 2023, all government projects going to be in BIM? Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that everybody should start 
taking hold in learning this software or learning this technology. There you go. I think if you guys have heard it here first because if you have if you're entering the industry after 2023, that is an invaluable skill set that you need to have under your belt. So I'm glad to hear that. And I think that's pretty much the time that we have for today. But um, one of the last questions that I always ask is if they want if people want to learn, teachers or school students or university students want to learn more about BIM. Obviously, Brisbane, we mentioned that they should go to that event. <laughs> I've gone to it. I've actually learned quite a lot. So you, everyone should check that out. Keep, I think, brisbim.com, is it? Brisbane.com. Brisbane.com. So check that out. Are there any other BIM-related uh, resources or magazines or books or websites that people can check out? Uh, yes, there's Autodesk University yep. website. Yep. Um, there's, um, Brisbane, there's also Brisbane that is Queensland-based. We've actually spread the brand across different cities as well, which is awesome. Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah. So it's kind of the same branding. Um, there's also Built. Mm-hmm. Uh, Built is actually an international conference, Revit right. conference. Yep. Which is held in different places, parts of the world, if you like. Uh, there's also there's Built Europe, Built in wow. US, and Built in Australia. Yeah. Uh, those are the kind of conferences that people I would recommend attending if you want to learn more about. Revit, BIM, and how things are progressing and all that. Yeah. Uh, the recent one was in in Melbourne, uh, which they can. There's big turnouts usually. Yeah. And they I can of, imagine. <laughs> yeah, they usually dabble with all the different technologies as well. They showcase AR, VR. Everyone sort of showcases all their stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, and and I'm not sure with TAFE. They might be teaching it at TAFE, I think. Yeah, no, they are teaching it at TAFE. And mm-hmm. I've come across one of my friends who's actually a teacher there. Right. Um, Otherwise, it's just uh, my, my way of learning Revit BIM is, okay, you might have the basic skill set coming out of university or school or whatever. Uh, the only way to excel your knowledge is to go into an office and work yeah. and, do, and actually do it, on the, use it on the tools, like on the right, on the project, yeah. do it on the project. Hands-on. Yeah, hands-on beats anything, I think, yeah. in my view. There you go. You guys have heard it here first. So thank you so much for your time, Sherman, and um, I've learned a lot personally. And, um nice. Yeah, I think everyone's going to have a, an awesome time learning from you. So, Happy to share. Thank you, mate. No problems, mate. Thank you.